Welcome to the Backlot by Alamo Drafthouse for Thursday, July the 18th. We are coming to you, as always, from the Alamo Drafthouse here in Springfield, Missouri. I am one of your hosts, Joey Mills with ComingSoon.net, and joining me today in the room we have... Unsunburned Alamo Jen. Sunburned Alamo Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Just kid up. And as yes, uh, David is a uh, very pink today. Yes. Very Embarrassed, I hope. I don't today. feel. I don't feel great. <laughs> I almost didn't. Of, I'm in a lot of pain. I passed him in the hall. And almost didn't recognize him because of what he's wearing today. Is very. This is now the second time I've seen him in shorts. Yeah, very, very soft. <laughs> very. I absolutely do not wear shorts. It's my least favorite. I almost always wear some sort of pant. Right. And, uh, yesterday was the first day of the year. Where I didn't wear pants. Which is why that sunburn was so bad. And my legs are so sunburnt that I had to follow it up with another day of shorts because I can't have anything on my legs. <laughs> Nothing allowed to touch. It hurts, it hurts the so skin. much. Well, good day to have a camera in here because he, we got that. And <laughs> Jen looks like she's fresh from the cardio boot camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I pulled that look off because I'm, I'm fresh from my house. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So tell everybody what's been going on this past week or so, what you've seen, what you've been doing. I know that for those that don't know, you guys had a retreat, which is why David is a little burned. We did. We had a bit of a retreat. There was some team building. There was some climbing of bluffs. Uh, some trust falling. Some trust falling. <laughs> uh, nobody caught David. Um, was there seriously trust falling? No. No, uh, I asked. No, no. I, no, I, I asked. Yeah, we were, we were on a boat. <laughs> trust fall off the boat. <laughs> and uh, there was a slide. So I, I went off the slide all of the ways you could go off the slide except for standing. And then I was pretty much done. So I just hung out in the shade uh, and or briefly swimming. But David climbed a bluff and yeah, he had something to prove <laughs> yeah, to nobody but himself because nobody challenged him. Nobody... <laughs> Nobody was putting I'm him up the to alpha it. male, dang it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I am a manager. I was talking to uh, <laughs> our, our general manager, Jacob, and we were like chit chatting and stuff. And we were talking about, man, I really want to climb up there and jump off that. Like, yeah. It's like, I'd try. I'd try to climb it. And then, uh, you know, he followed over. So I was like, ah, I got to keep getting higher. I got to keep climbing. But then Jacob looking. stopped halfway. Yeah. yeah. And then what happened with you? But I was already Not that. up another level, so I had to keep going. You did. You absolutely didn't. Have I mean, to you kind of already won. You were up one more level. Yeah. You were up about two more levels because you went up another level past the tallest rope. I went to the the top of it. Yeah. Uh, there was no more up. you could climb. I didn't hurt myself doing that. I hurt myself <laughs> doing a series of other things, such so. as laying out with your legs sticking yeah. out of the casually shape. sitting. Sadly, it was in the sun. <laughs> That was the worst part of your week. It was Aside from that, I saw Purple Rain for the first time at a movie. The party. first time? Mm hmm. Wow. Yes, I had to step in and host, sub host, so that involves staying through the movie to make sure everybody's using the right glow stick because there's three different colors for the Purple Rain. Oh, and, <laughs> well, they, uh, red, one was purple. Blue and purple. <laughs> red, yellow, and purple. Oh, yeah. makes no sense at all. Um, Morris Day gets the yellow and the time, the, mm -hmm. the band the time, which yes. I didn't know what that meant, but now I do. And it was the most fun movie party I've ever attended. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. There was a group of drunk women. I hope they were drunk. Um, <laughs> but they weren't. They, were. they didn't annoying. go over the edge like they so frequently do when they're sitting right behind me at a concert. But they, uh, they had some well-chosen words of encouragement and or disparaging <laughs> comments that were no more than one to two words, you know, like, get it, or no way, or leave him. Whatever, and uh, but it was <laughs> the first funny. Time it, too. it was Apparently. funny, yeah. And uh, did it have any impact on the film? Did they actually get it? Or yeah, leave him it was. It it made it funnier. Good. Um, and then my 
best friend, I showed this on her birthday, because we were going to show it anyway in July. And she leans over and says to me, she's seen it about 6,000 times, I didn't realize this was a comedy until tonight. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's not supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be, but how could you have never... Never realized. I mean, Enjoyed I love it that her. Way. That's yeah. She's that's blinded why, by her love for Prince. That's why you see shows with a crowd. Mm-hmm. You need to see movies with a theater full of people that are having a good yeah. time. Especially those kind of movies, they need to be seen at least one time in your life. See them on a big screen. Yeah, with yeah. other people around yeah. that are. So it was nice that the first time I saw it was on a big screen. I like that I live in that world, even though it's thirty-five years old this year. So uh, stop. I already said it's already out there. <laughs> But that's it. That's all for us. David, you, you saw a movie or two this week, right? I saw a wonderful movie. <laughs> How could I forget? Uh, that I was excited for, and it's always nice when you're excited for a film and it meets your expectations or exceeds them in this case, I'd say. Wow. Uh, I watched the film Crawl, uh, and I think I talked about it a lot last week where I was super pumped for this. And uh, whenever I went in to view it, at the time, it had 14 reviews in. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. This was, I, I really thought it was going to fall off like tremendously. Right. But I wanted to go in as like, oh, I'm going to see a perfect film. And I went in, and the movie's far from perfect. I mean, it's, right. it's evil alligators. So they're not evil, but, it's, you know, bad alligators. Uh, but it actually had a lot of content to it. It's tons of fun. You get your vicious alligator attacks, but it's not too over the top. Right. All, all the. You know, it's reasonable animal violence, uh, but there's a a nice story that threads the whole thing together, like a father-daughter story that I thought was great. Uh, Love Barry Pepper, and I forget the name of the woman who's in this film, but she's tremendous. I really thought she was scared of those alligators. And the use of... (laughs) She's not even scared of her career. (laughs) uh, The use of the murky water throughout the film and how sometimes they have to navigate their way through it not knowing what's underneath. That tension is... That's an that's a really quality tension for a pseudo horror film. Right. So, uh, you know, like you're gonna get a few jump scares in that respect just because, you know, if a log touched you and you were in murky water and an alligator had bitten you just a few minutes before, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna freak out. Yeah. So she does a great job of like showcasing that terror where she's walking through the water and waiting and it's yeah, there, there are quite a few moments of intense tension because it's essentially, hey, you're trapped in a room with an alligator uh, and it's in its, perf- it's in its, its own environment. Right. It's in its element. Uh, how do you get out? So uh, I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in just a, a good time at the movies. Like, it's, it's highly I legitimately am entertaining the idea of going to this movie. You should check it out. I, I almost went this week, too, I and I was going to do it because I knew you would see it, and I wanted to chime in with you and say yes. That was a good movie, but... I think both of you would love it. I think everyone in this room could love it, because I think as of right now... <laughs> so you said they would both would love it, yeah. and then he looked and said, everybody in the room, which is just me, would love it. I just realized, I was like, man, I'm not including everyone. I'm not could trying love to it. pick You guys would for sure. He who would? Yeah, he could if he wanted to. If he, nah. if he had the drunk ladies from Purple Rain behind him, he yeah. could love it too. That might help, uh, <laughs> but it is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a well-made movie. I Where know Rotten Tomato scores don't at? matter, 87%. It takes place in Florida. 
So uh, hurricane season in Florida, you know, you always should evacuate. I don't know why I was wondering that, but that was something I was wondering where it was. It gives a plausible reason for the characters to be where they are, which is important. And it's not like the alligators aren't super powerful. They're just small-brained killing machines. Right. So it's not like Deep Blue Sea where they're figuring out a way to kill Stellan Skarsgård. It's (laughs) more of... Yeah, they just they have senses that really come into play in the situation you're yeah, in. Yeah, they got to eat too. Yeah, they do yeah. got to eat. And they got to get out of the hurricane. I mean, yeah. any port in a storm, right? Exactly. exactly. Well, let's take a look. Kenny, do you have anything to add? You know, no. I was no. going to say, I know you've been busy with yeah, everything I've else going on. Yeah, been super busy. So. All right. Well, let's jump into the top five at the box office last weekend. Staying at number one, surprising nobody, earning more than $45 million, was Spider-Man Far From Home. The film has earned right at $850 million globally. It's the highest grossing Spider-Man film internationally, not the highest grossing total and not the highest grossing in the U.S., but uh, overseas it made all the monies. Yeah. I think we're far enough out where we can spoil things if we want to. Yeah. We're far enough from home to spoil some things. So anybody want to share any spoilers or not thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home? We've all seen it here in the room, yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh You have not seen it? No, but it's okay. Are you sure you haven't seen it? Yes, I'm sure I haven't seen it, and I'm sure it's okay to talk about it. All right. Anybody want to... any thoughts? Because we've been cagey. We've said, oh, we'll get to it. Anybody want to say anything about the film? You can start because okay. you usually say it better. All right. Don't encourage He just climbed that bluff. Um, <laughs> I always piggyback on some things <laughs> that he says. So. I think it's my fourth favorite Spider-Man movie. I was going to say it's a middle-of-the-pack Spider-Man movie, yes. isn't it? And yeah. it's it has a lot of... There's a lot of room for it to be better. Right. Uh, it does there are some a lot things of, really well. Yeah, a lot of so half your second measures. favorite yeah. Spider-Man or third? Oh, like Spider-Man Man? Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Holland? Yeah, he's, Tom Holland. he's my second favorite. Yeah. yeah. Right behind uh, Tobey Maguire. Oh, I knew who was first. T-Mac. <laughs> yeah, we know. Uh, yeah, he's the best. Uh, <laughs> we all got the note. <laughs> I'd, I'd say, Multiple times. Uh, it's probably behind uh, 2-1 and Spider-Verse, not in that order. Right. Uh, but... Some of the things that just didn't land all the way for me is you get a big turn from, you know, spoiler alert, Mysterio, the villain. Uh, you get a moment where his character uh, reveals himself to be, you know, a bad guy. Right. I like and the way they did that, though. I did like the way right. they did it, but I almost want that character, because Jake Gyllenhaal is a brilliant actor. I love him in everything, and he's... He's got this awesome quality to act with his eyes so powerfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does. in the moment where he does Creamy. reveal that he's Creepy eyes. Uh, no, the bad guy, <laughs> like he hops up on the bar and he does right. this almost court gesture, ty- gesture type thing, uh, I almost want him a little sillier and a little more madcap because he seems a touch crazy. Yeah. Uh, which it's difficult to conceal that you're crazy. Uh, so that that whole concept of him hiding that during the times we, when yeah, he's yeah, it would have been pretending. nice to have seen that somewhere. Little glimpses of crazy, yeah. and we have moments where he's angry, yeah. but yeah. not yeah. So well, maybe they were going for the trying to surprise the yeah people coming to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. but to your point, if again, if you're going to have a crazy turn, you need to yeah. plant that crazy seed somewhere. 
in yeah. the first act. So you can look back, like the next time you watch it, you're like, there, oh, oh yeah, okay. I missed that the first time, but yeah, yeah there it, it was. There was the crazy. It's like Fight Club, Tyler Durden not being there. Right. Uh, you've actually, when you go back, you see all these moments where, how did I not figure this out? Yeah. So it's when you can hide those in there, I think it makes the movie a little more special. Yeah. And uh, I love what they did with his powers, Mysterio's right. powers, because. Probably the best version you're going to get of that. So yeah. cool. Yeah. And um, the second Spider Man game for the PlayStation 2 uh, <laughs> is like. I was hoping you were talking about this. Yeah. Uh, it's got a <laughs> big part with Mysterio, and it's one of my favorite elements to one of the greatest games I've ever played. Uh, but it's this big castle that's not a castle, but arena that's turned into whatever he's visualizing and creating. So whenever you have that coming into play, which includes giant blown up Mysterio and all these other weird visual tricks, uh, that are laid over like virtual reality over the real world. It's augmented. Right. Uh, it's so cool how they explain it, like having the little robots that yeah, the build little drones. This. That, yeah, yeah. There's so much awesome potential in this movie. Yeah, and those moments really shine. But I want a little more crazy Jake and the love story throughout. Yeah, I want the love story to be more necessary to the overall arc of what's happening with. Like the battle with Mysterio and these, I want it. You to, wanted MJ in more immediate peril. Is that I, what you're saying? Or? I want it to mesh. Yeah. So, so like how crawl the entire story between the father and daughter that relationship uh, is par- parallels the situation that they are in and how. Uh, right. so, it's, so it's very the emotional connected. landscape yeah. mirrors the physical landscape. It's like, oh, in oh that holy, movie. holy crap! This is right. symbolism. Uh, I want a little more symbolism because the importance of. Peter Parker getting some time off to himself, a little time to be a kid, yeah. and young love. Uh, I see him constantly being pulled back to that, but the more interesting element for me is him trying to express himself to somebody while being a superhero and keeping that side of himself hidden. And uh, MJ is such, in this series, uh, an oddball. Mm-hmm. Uh I want to see them relate to each other a little bit more in that outsidery sort yeah. of way. Yeah. But weren't they trying to get away from the damsel in distress? Oh yeah, no, she, I don't need she, that. Yeah, yeah. and well, she I mean, is she, in distress. She's not. She is in distress, but she is the yeah. She's she's more intellectual in this version than any version we've seen of her so far. I mean, she said she she had a sixty seven percent figured out, but he was Spider Man or whatever the the joke yeah. was. But I uh, well, someone like that wouldn't need. The affection she would have to have. Well, everybody still wants the affection. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but I she mean, doesn't need it. I mean, it's there, but I don't think that someone like her would be like, "Hey, I'll take you or leave you. Be here or don't be here." I mean, yeah, girls I, that like that tend to be a little more that way. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I hate to make that generalization because in a film, you are you are blowing up. You're expanding basic things. Yeah. You're making them bigger than life. And, and uh, so I, I yeah, I, I I appreciated at the end where he isn't worried about you know, he he's had his his costume ripped, his face mask is ripped off. He's not worried about concealing himself in front of her at the end of the movie. That's yeah. the first time we've really gotten that where he's like, I can be myself with her. So I, I appreciate that part of it. But yeah, it, you know, to it's it's an interesting concept because you've got the opposite. You're you're you're, you're bouncing that off of a, a more realistic young love situation yeah. where you know where Ned's like we're going we're going to be European bachelors. I fell in love on the plane, and by the that's time so the movie's silly. over, it's over. That is very much yeah. a hey. That's how that's how high school lo- <laughs> relationships work yeah. sometimes. So it's interesting to have that. T- 
to compare against, but um, I just I for some. And it could just be because I, I saw them so early and they just settled in my mind. Right. But, like, the relationship between uh, Tobey Maguire, Maguire and Kirsten Dunst in the originals, I appreciated a little bit more than this one so far. It's I don't think it's just because they're young. I just see, like, the tension in those films with their relationship, like the not being there right. enough. Uh, directly mirrors the fact that he's a superhero. Yes. Yeah, and... I feel like they both need each other equally while MJ's willing to like, I mean, if you don't have time, I'm, I'm going to go elsewhere. Right. Like, so there is needing and longing. It's longing to be together, but there's also the realistic thing of if, I'm, if we're not actually like working as far as spending time with each other, it's, then it's, it's lost. Right. So uh, I prefer the dynamic of that relationship to this one. Uh, I like that they're both kind of oddball weirdos, although, I mean, Peter Parker's nerdy. He's not really weird or anything. She's she's odd right. uh, in this series. She reminds me of Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, they would have been a better uh, pair, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. much as he is, like, the worst of the Spider-Men. A couple of counterculture yeah. kids. Yeah. Uh, one of them being 35. <laughs> it, yeah, kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but having said all that, there's just so much to enjoy with right. this movie. Uh, yeah, just, and let's, uh, let's, we should have prefaced it with that. I mean, this is probably, you know, a middle of the road Spider Man movie. It's but so great. It, it's still a good movie. It's still yeah. fun at the box office. It's still going to make all the money. It's still a worthwhile see. It's just. It could have gone from a good Spider-Man movie to wow, that was an amazing, yeah, you know, no pun intended, amazing <laughs> Spider-Man movie. They're starting to make me expect depth, yeah. in their movies, right? So some of these one-offs, I'm a little worried because I'm gonna need some emotional depth to power me through. Well, these. And I think the emotional depth wasn't between as much as it was more of a romantic movie. It wasn't between Mary Jane and Peter, the emotional heavy lifting was the Peter-Tony Stark relationship. Yes. Follow, and again, that's kind of, you know, there were a lot of balls in the air at the end of Endgame that this thing had to kind of juggle. Um, it's interesting that it felt a little bit like, you know, if you look back at the catalog of the movies that, you know, Marvel Studios has put out in this, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, it's almost like Sony said, where's the chink in the armor? Where are the movies that didn't fly? Iron Man 3 was not a great movie. So Preferred let's do that. Iron Man so, so let's make, so let's remake Iron Man 3 with yeah. Spider-Man. It, it was almost a remake of Iron Man 3 in a lot of ways. Um, and at the same time, it was, you know, the, the scene on the plane where Peter's doing exactly what Tony did as he, hey, we can get rid of this. Let's do this. And he puts his hand in the AI or whatever the yeah, same way Tony did. That was, that was the, what it was all building towards. It's not building towards Peter and MJ having their moment on the bridge at the end of the movie where they kind of awkwardly, okay, I'll see you around. Love you too. It was the moment of now Peter can be Peter and not have to be Tony. Well, but he is kind of really still, um, it, I think, you know, it was a fine movie. It was a middle of the road Spider Man movie. The end, the mid credit scene, I think, was more exciting in a lot of ways yes. because of what it's potentially setting up. You have this, you know, the the whole movie is Peter. You don't have to be Tony Stark. You don't have to be the next Iron Man. At the end of Iron Man, the very first movie, what's he do? He throws a press conference, says, "I'm Iron Man." Yeah, and that's Tony's approach. And the mid-credit scene of this movie, it's that same thing spun on its head. 
Peter's outed in the mid credit yeah. scene, and he didn't want to be. You Who's don't have to be Iron by? Man, and I'm not Iron Man. You're Spider-Man. It's an interesting dynamic where they're playing on that whole, this is how Iron Man approached it. This is how Peter's going to approach it. Whoops, you're outed by a Alex Jones-esque version of J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson, which was the best part of the movie, the callback to yeah. it's something new. It's not a newspaper because that doesn't happen anymore, but, but it's, the, you know, getting that fan service that, you know, Hey, we'll bring him back. He can still be, you know, cause he's not going to be commissioner Gordon anymore. He yeah. can be J Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man universe. Hopefully that will stick around. It won't just be a one-off cameo. I really hope not because he is, J.K. Simmons is so talented. And, and he owns uh, that role. He you, does. Nobody else oh, yeah. can play that role, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm it's like, great. It's great. Yeah, everything about it is hilarious. Uh, it's fun. Again, if you stick around the post credit scene, there are times throughout the movie where it feels like it feels like Samuel Jackson is playing Nick Fury if Nick Fury was Samuel Jackson, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then at the end, you realize why because the scrolls were doing the most Samuel Jackson version of Nick Fury that they could throughout the movie because that wasn't Nick Fury. He was on a vacation in space, which is a nice, I mean, they've kind of told us, you know, we're kind of done telling these earthbound stories for a while. The big threat's going to be coming from space again somehow in this next phase, which is a good time to bring in your fantastic four and some of those things so. i was really hoping that uh they were going to toss together for spider-man the sinister six i was really really hoping you know it's interesting that it looked like that after the first one uh-huh. bring in different writers the and, bad guy's still alive at the end yep. you still got a couple of these guys locked away in prison we still got you know, yeah i would i hope there's a way that that comes together yeah, because I think that's an interesting concept moving forward where they would add more stakes. You'd get something that a lot of fans have been looking forward to for a yeah. long time. They've tried to do it and tried to do it, and it's never worked out. You're getting all these wonderful actors. They've done to a lot play. of table setting, and then they never have been able to pull that off yet. Like, just as just the, the building up to it, mm-hmm. having Michael Keaton and Jake Gyllenhaal as two of the six. Yeah. I don't really care who you would fill it out with. It seems like you're picking really, really good actors. Yeah. Uh, at least in highly entertaining ones. So by the end when Mysterio's dead, and it could be that right. it's... I don't think it is. It seems like they really seems killed like him. like they stuck it, yeah. Because, I mean, he was shot with bullets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it had the warning beforehand, so they would have to retcon it somehow right. in order to get him to stay. But that bummed me out because... I, I, I want the villains, especially when they use properties like Mysterio, I want them to pop back up. I want to I wanna see them again. I want them to grow and expand because right. one-off villains are so tiresome because you've got to set up the reason that they're operating one way. Uh, you've got to Which is interesting because it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if Spider-Man can, going forward, and will, I know we can, will, going forward, exist beyond... Iron Man, because yeah. the villains of the first two Spider-Man movies were because of Tony Stark's decisions, yeah, right? you know? Uh, the Vulture was just making a living, and Tony Stark comes in. Now he's cleaning up you yeah. know, the leftovers from Man, the Tony Battle Stark of New York. Tony Stark was a horrible guy. He was a bad boss, apparently, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting now that if, you know, is, are they truly done with the Tony Stark legacy? Because if so, then now we can let Spider-Man kind of live in his own 
I forgot what they named part of the universe. that. Uh, his Jake Joan Hall's technology, mysterious technology. Oh, barf. Yep. Yeah, barf. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Well, let's move on. Toy Story 4. Kenny, do you have any other thoughts you want to add to that before we do move on? No, I'm opposite. I loved it. I loved everything about it. It All the visuals made me happy. I thought the story was good. To me, it's in my top three Spider-Man movies. The Which, other, again, is still about a middle-of-the-road yeah. Spider-Man movie. So, yeah, so. I mean, it is entertaining. Hell, I'd, I'd go see it two or three more times. Yep. Toy Story 4 held on to the number two spot at the box office last weekend, earning just short of another $21 million. That's good enough to propel the film to the fifth-highest Pixar film all-time at the domestic box office. Not too shabby. Not too bad. Crawl debuted in the number three spot, Woo! earning just over $12 million. So your big family-friendly event movies were one and two still. Crawl comes in at number three. Nice spot to debut. Stuber debuted at number four, earning just over $8 million. Anybody go see Stuber? No, but Not in this room. That's <laughs> $7 million that I thought it was going to make. So. Yeah. And Yesterday dropped to number five, earning just under $7 million. Not too bad. Great movie. Taking a look at a few movie-related headlines, we had some new trailers this week. Uh, the King's Man, the prequel to the Kingsman series, that trailer dropped this week. Anybody have thoughts on it? Looking forward to it. Me too. Looks I interesting. Enjoy all those movies, even the second one, everyone crapped on. I thought it was still fun. Yeah. Keep pumping them out. You got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. That oh, trailer. God, that looks so good. <laughs> Does it? I oh, couldn't tell from the trailer. The trailer didn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't I'm trust not, him as a director at all. Yeah, I, I, the trailer didn't get me excited. I had my dad just because the trailer him. didn't. Yeah. It didn't get me excited. Oh man, following everything he does, that made me very excited to see this movie. I love everything Rob Zombie puts out. The shorts, the videos, the yeah. the movies. You know, I just it's going to be a cool movie. And Night Hunter trailer debuted anybody get a chance to check that I out what did you think you did one. not see night hunter it looks like the like i said an angry ben kingsley <laughs> it is uh that's what it's the whole it movie's gonna feels be. a little uh it, it, it because it is it feels a little zodiac ish it feels a little yeah. uh silence of the lamb ish but not those films it has henry cavill uh ben kingsley you know taking on a serial killer who has things planted throughout the city apparently to get rid of people even after he's either taken into custody or turns himself in whatever the case is um so there is that sort of tension of help us find this last missing person or whatever the case is looks like it, it could be interesting could be a good film I, I don't and i'm probably off and i always get in trouble when i say stuff like this <laughs> you guys but it puts me in the mind of seven a little bit yeah uh, oh good i didn't get ripped for that no one. no it feels like one of those like it's you know the tension is you know we have the the lunatic in custody but he's still playing a long game and trying to figure out what that it long looks game is definitely worth watching oh yeah i mean if you haven't seen the trailer watch this it. this is, looks more like the this looks like a better fit for henry cavill than some of the other choices he's made superman yeah for example um <laughs> so I yeah it. it looks good <laughs> find me uh, Marvel is bringing <laughs> director Taika Waititi back to direct Thor 4. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the title of that. I is hope it gonna it's be, that. I hope it's exactly is that. Is it Thor 4? I hope it's T4H. Yeah, no, it's no I H. T4OR. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thor 4. This puts Waititi's live-action Akira film on indefinite hold. It has had a much troubled start of production. 
No word on how this might impact his work on Disney Fox's animated Flash Gordon that he was recently put in charge of. I'm guessing Disney says, let's put that on the back burner and get Thor 4 out yeah. because that'll make all the money. Yeah, we need that first. We need to cash that check before we yeah, do before, that. Before we worry about the Flash Gordon, uh, I hope they don't call it Thor 4. I hope they call it Thor Ragnarok 2 just because that's probably what it's going to be. It's not going to feel like the first two Thor films, I'm guessing. As long as we get an As Guardians of the Galaxy, that's all. Yeah, let's get that first. I think <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is moving forward, so yeah. Let's get that before we get Thor 4. The internet is all a Twitter, pun intended, uh, about the news that Captain Marvel's Lashana Lynch will be 007 in the upcoming Bond film, because apparently that's what the internet well, does now. Is complaining. Stuff, didn't it? I, <laughs> I think the complaints are really, really stupid, yeah. because it's... <laughs> I the the producers have already said that they're they will never make James Bond a woman. This right. is just a single plot where uh, Daniel Craig is going to encounter a new 007, right. someone licensed to kill, and their interactions will be part of the, uh, the overall arching story. Yeah, the at the so, end of the previous film, he retired. Yeah. So this film will begin with him living in retirement. They are just reusing the numbers. There have been in in yeah. canon, whatever continuity there is, multiple double O agents. All that means is, yes, you have a license to kill. So yeah, so it's uh, I don't get the reaction because you know uh, it's 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 so just a plot me. of a single up and, and then, <laughs> yeah. then the next movie either she's going to be sent to rescue him or yeah. he's going to be sent to rescue her or I'm he's training doubtful. her or she, yeah. It's, the next movie won't have a character named James Bond played exactly. by a high profile actor. Yes, uh, so a I British actor at that. Yeah, I don't get it. So, so, eh. so what you're telling me is people on the internet did not get all the information and they just started typing away. Yeah. I think whoa, the whoa, people whoa, on the internet just knee jerk reaction for <laughs> yeah. some reason. They do that, I guess, on occasion. The thing I've she's seen. A Bond girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically. Well, the thing I've seen a lot of She's great in is that they're talking about how Daniel Craig's going to be like hitting on her and trying to seduce right. her and stuff. And they're like, why can't she just be a powerful woman and not have this happen? And I was like, that's what you're focusing on with this whole thing? Yeah, just because he's hitting on her doesn't mean that she's giving in. Yeah, or anything. Yeah. I would imagine if she's a double O agent, that's she's not going trained, to happen. Yeah. She's trained in deceit. Well, she's seat. probably fit, pretty. Yeah. Smart, yeah, she's I'm gonna like, be able those to are attractive qualities, yeah. so <laughs> he's gonna have no game with her, yeah, yeah, which is interesting because if they were going to go that route of we are letting her, whoever she is, take the mantle, they already they could have done it a different way, so yeah, I don't think it's going to they could have done it with Money Penny because she was a field agent, yeah, they could have had this been the film, him training her to get back in the field, Skyfall, yeah, she. But she was she was participating in that in opening the opening scene. sequence. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really. Uh, so I don't think yeah, like you said, it's not something that we need to. It's not something we need to get ourselves yeah. all worked up over. Let's watch the film and then make a decision. Well, Everyone we, should remain very excited for this one because yeah. with Daniel Craig, every other one has been awesome. Well, uh, Casino the, the, Royale, yes, Quantum of Solace, <laughs> Skyfall. Right. Uh, What's the specter? Yeah, not so good. Yeah. So, so let's let this one. This let one it do should its thing. be. Let them write it and make an interesting story, and it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And it's his swan song for yeah. all, from what we understand. So I can't wait let's for the let visuals because some yeah. of these films are like at least the newer ones have become so visually entertaining, like just the colors and right. stuff. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't let's, wait. Let's let them make the movie. Well, yeah. I think it's time we bust out our millions and start doing some movies. There you go. I wonder who's going to sing the song. I don't know. We'll find out. 
Billie Eilish. Possibly. <laughs> you never Eilish. know. Yeah, that is not a bad guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's as good as any other guess yeah. we can make at this point. You're right. Uh, Austin Butler, he is a young man whose star is on the rise. He was in The Dead Don't Die earlier this summer. He will be in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood later this month. He beat out the likes of Ansel Elgort, Miles Teller, and Harry Styles to win the role of Elvis Presley in director Baz Luhrmann's biopic of The Star. He will star opposite Tom Hanks, who plays Colonel Tom Parker. Apparently that will be the crux of the movie is the Mm. relationship between the two. Yeah, I'm for it. I mean, I Put Tom it. Hanks in anything. Yeah. yeah, we'll all right. go see it. I, I, I'm not a giant Baz Luhrmann fan. Right. Uh, there are a lot of other directors of biopics that would probably be more interesting. I'm choice. sure this will be a musical. It's going to be so <laughs> colorful. It'll be uh, interesting to see what contemporary songs they have Elvis singing yeah. in this. I think it'll be a hit. It'll be pretty big. Uh, so yeah, how long? We're back on the music biopic train again. Well, you know, it, it, people are making money. So yeah, it <laughs> comes and go. goes. Yep. Yeah. How long until we get a Madonna movie? Not long. Not long. Six yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Think oh, so? Yeah, that'll fly by. Six. <laughs> when they can get, when they can make one without her wanting to be in part of it, I'm sure. Yeah. And finally, this weekend, San Diego Comic Con. I expect we'll have tons to talk about on next week's show. We'll break down the highlights, trailers, panels, all that fun stuff. So look for that next week. New in theaters this week: The Lion King, poised to make a dollar or two at the box office. Um, Anybody have plans? Is this on anybody's must-see list? Nope. It's on my I will see it list. Right. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes isn't uh, giving it too much love. Yeah. I mean, the criticism isn't... like People are saying they don't like it because it's the exact same thing. Uh, people, which I think half, a lot of the, people, half of the people who don't like it are saying this is the exact same thing. It wasn't needed. Half of the people who don't like it are saying... They ruined my childhood. This is nothing like what I expected. So it's somewhere in the middle. It's one of those films where it, yeah. Well, yeah same stuff you heard with Aladdin and nothing's making all the money. So Yeah, exactly. I think Disney will probably get their investment back on this one. <laughs> They're going to be all right. Yeah, they'll be okay. They're Disney. Coming up this week at the Alamo Draft House, Kung Fu Panda Kids Camp wraps up this Thursday and Friday at 10 a.m. Oh, so good. Next week's Kids Camp is The NeverEnding Story. Woo. Which is having a moment right now in pop yeah, culture. Is. That is Monday through Friday next week at 10 a.m. And the Young Filmmakers Camp kicks off on Monday. Can you guys talk to us a little bit about what the Young Filmmakers Camp is for those who don't know? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's going to have to be David because Jen is about to pass out. <laughs> uh, it's an opportunity for uh, like youth in the area to come together with their filmmaking passion and love and... Uh, try and actually put something together. So they will film in the hallways, work with editing, camera angles, and acting to create their own little individual story. So they get to come here, and they'll be here before we open up. And uh, I'm going to give some tours of the booth upstairs where I can show like how our digital projection works, how our 35-millimeter projection works, uh, show them our reel-to-reel. And then uh, they'll also get to... Yeah, make a movie and then premiere it on the big screen. Say, yeah, and then they have like a, a film yeah. festival, Where so to speak. Where families at the end. and yeah. stuff can come and watch all the work that they did. So last year was the first year that we did it, and it was a lot of fun. The kids had a blast. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's. I think we have two more people than we did last year. Uh, so it's growing, and it's it's just a fun. If you if kids love film and this is their interest, 
uh, definitely look at it for it next year. It's it's a great opportunity. Absolutely, it's it's something that you're not going to find. You know, just it's not an opportunity you're going to get in Springfield. Yeah, unless you come and take advantage of it here. On Sunday, the afternoon tea this month is Mary, Queen of Scots. That'll be at 2 p.m. And then the fun stuff starts at 5 p.m. with the screening of We Bought a Zoo to kick off Zookeeper Week. And I believe there's going to be an animal or two here. With, yes. From the Dickerson Park Zoo. The, oh, we, uh, from Wild Animal Wild Safari. Am, I'm sorry. From, oh, no worries. Yes, Wild Animal Safari. Do we know what they're bringing in? Oh, we do. We know we one of them. talk about it? Uh, yeah. Well, I know. To, it. Do we spoil it? the name of this animal. There is one animal. Oh, I the Kudzu. Zoo. Is what you're you can spoil it. <laughs> I won't spoil it. There you, are some very, very, nobody's very... Nobody's going to know that. what it is. It's a Cody Mundy. Yeah. That's one of them. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's like a... It's in the raccoon family. Okay. But it's got a anteater-looking nose. So it's imagine a raccoon really with a big old schnoz, and that's one of them. We also have like a baby goat and this young deer-looking thing. It's not a deer, but it kind of is, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, they're gonna be doing a demonstration out back, so you can see the animals, learn a little bit about them, maybe pet one or two. Uh, it's for our family parties. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Absolutely, that sounds yeah. like a good time. And let's see on. Monday and Tuesday, back-to-back. You can't just show up for one of these. I guess you could, but it'd be kind of silly to do so. Monday night, Kill Bill Volume 1 at 6.40 p.m., and then come back Tuesday night for Kill Bill Volume 2 at 6.40 p.m. It's almost like there's a Tarantino theme going on the first part of this month. I wonder why. We happen to be very excited for movies We are, and I I was hoping more people would be as well. It's kind of odd that, you know, like nobody nobody cares. They like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that I was sell like Reservoir Dogs that, was but. it's my favorite of the Tarantino movies and we didn't you know people really yeah I like guess a, they're they're saving their Tarantino love for his yeah. newest movie which I uh, get I get it yeah I do on a Wednesday <laughs> night <laughs> it's fine have a good time Wednesday <laughs> night Jaws movie party Wednesday night at 7pm you can't have a summer go by without seeing Jaws on the big screen yeah because yeah. what are the props again I love to hear you talk about it oh okay uh, so if you come to our Jaws screening you will get your own shark fin foam hat yes uh, branded 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 not like your other hat shark fin and not like getting <laughs> tough. yeah uh, what kind of brand is also, on the shark fin? Hat? You'll get your own little souvenir shark tooth. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. good reason to come That's out. It's fun. You can jam it into someone next to you's arm or something. But don't, don't, don't <laughs> yeah. do that. I wouldn't well, suggest it. You could <laughs> plausibly because it's a shark tooth and it's sharp, but don't do it. <laughs> very Having good. said that, it could be achieved. Well, we're gonna have to start screening your stuff. You're saying <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> we're starting to get an approval uh, before we let you talk. Yeah. Uh, so that's going on, and then I've got the UHF movie party on Thursday night. Is it Thursday or Wednesday? I think I got it wrong on the sheet here. Uh, There's a UHF the movie party. It's the second 5th, of the month. Right? Is it the 25th or the 24th? Now I'm confused. Yeah, I am too. Um, Sometime next week, it's either Wednesday it or Thursday. If you check your LMO Draft House on we're Facebook, gonna, say yeah. we're going to plug all that. So We've, yeah, next week a UHF has movie it party on the 24th. Is the calendar correct? Yes. Of course the calendar is correct. It's the 24th. There you go. We thought so. All right. All that plus free ticket Wednesdays for teachers, professionals, professors, faculty, school staff, homeschool teachers. You can come see a movie on a Wednesday between now and July 31st. There's only a few of these left. Uh, Before 5 o'clock p.m., 
you can come check out a movie on the Alamo Draft House for free for all the work that you do nine months out of the year and beyond in some cases. So make sure you guys are taking advantage of that. Sweet. Get your tickets early. These special screenings often sell out. You can get them in the Alamo Draft House app on your mobile device. Buy them online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield or get them in person. Again, just don't wait till the day of the screening. You might be out of luck. You can find all of these events, including exactly when UHF will be shown here. Uh, on Facebook, just search for at Almo Spring Mo and go to their events page, and there you'll see everything that's going on the rest of this month, and even some stuff for August has been added already. So be sure to check that out. This summer, we are asking for your favorite movies from the summers of the 1980s. We're going all the way back year by year, choosing our favorite summer movies. These are the movies that were released between Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. And then you get to decide from our selections which is your favorite movie from that particular year. Here are the results so far. From 1981, the favorite was Raiders of the Lost Ark. E.T. was the favorite from 1982. National Lampoon's Vacation, 1983. And then E.T. will represent the early 80s. That's 81 through 83 in our summer finale because it won between those three head-to-head. Ghostbusters is our favorite from 1984. Now it's time to reveal the results from last week's poll, which was favorite summer movie from 1985. Here are the results. That's brutal. Number four, with not a single vote. You know why? <laughs> I didn't even vote for it. I, got, I went online and I could not... I couldn't in good couldn't force yourself to I was vote like, it wasn't my favorite, so... Zero votes was Fletch. Number three, with 8% of the vote, was Teen Wolf. Nice. And tied for first with 46% of the vote each were the Goonies, which won the Facebook portion of the poll, and Back to the Future, which won the Twitter portion of the poll. So because there is a tie, we have to cast a tiebreaker here today on the show. And I'm going to let Jen do that because we know her taste in movies with 0% of the vote is clearly superior. Or here's the opposite. We don't have to pick. We can let both of these films ride into the challenge. Well, here's... Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I like um, that second one. <laughs> I bet you do. Because you're a little worried about how she's going to go on this. I'm, I'm not even sure how I'm going to go. Because I, I, it took me forever to even be able to vote. Um, I loved, loved, loved Goonies. And still do. And also, I feel the same way about Back to the Future. So it's on you. But. You just you either pick one or you don't, and they both move on. Um, I'm gonna not. You're going to not. It is okay. it is very hard for me to <laughs> yay uh, decide. Yeah, I'll take. I'm and I'll I honestly it. can't even remember which one I ended up voting for on Twitter because <laughs> I was so like traumatized Torn between the two. I was like I don't. I can't. I can't say that either. I mean, I definitely quoted uh, Goonies more. Right. But Doc, <laughs> that's the exact yeah. That's that's the the one quote I, I quoted my, from. That's, that's my, no, um, future. Oh, is it? I thought that was in Goonies. No, Doc. I was kidding. I didn't. I never thought that. Uh, so I can't. I can't choose. <laughs> All right. Well, we will not force you to choose then. So that will be a tie. When it comes time to uh, choose our selections for this week, we'll just flip a coin or something and let them decide who's oh. taking it. I'll let David go first because he won't pick mine. All right. So comments from last week's show, we had a few, including 
a recorded message from Tom with Do You Nerd. Hey, good to hear from you. Yep. Hey guys, Tom from Do You Nerd. I have to admit, it is crazy how many memorable movies came out in 85. I wouldn't make it my pick, but I loved the weirdness that was returned to Oz, and it fascinated me for years. By the way, I got to introduce Lady Lacey to the movie Better Off Dead, and since then we both adore that one. So quotable all the time. Oh, and Kenny, I loved your Goonies-like upbringing. Another great show to all. Thanks, guys. So thank you again for calling in. And then we also had The Movie Seller, which is at The Movie Seller on Twitter. Very creative. Uh, (laughs) They suggested Return of the Living Dead. You'll want to be sure and check them out wherever you listen to your podcast, like this one. Thanks again, guys. Thanks to everybody. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. Thanks to everybody who voted and for those who commented. So, so far for the 1980s, we've got our early 80s winner, which was E.T. And right now, representing 1984, we have Ghostbusters. Representing 1985, we have a tie between The Goonies and Back to the Future. In order to have a winner from the mid-80s, we've got to pick somebody from 1986. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a look at the movies from the summer of 1986. We're going to give you our choices. You'll get a vote on those, and then that film will be in the mix with 1984 and our winners from 1985. Taking a look at 1986, does anything, anybody see anything you want to talk about as either an honorable mention or you just want to call out some attention to it? 86 got a little goofy on us, a little campy, a little uh, Hollywood not taking itself so seriously. Um, I'm not there, gonna lie. There's a lot of movies on here I love. There, yeah, there, Same. it's it's so. yeah, it's not yeah. There's there's some good ones here. Um, Jen, you get the first pick because you had zero percent of the vote last I had week. Zero, like, not even my own vote. So of if you want to talk about any of these before do, you give us your pick, I do want to talk about a few because please do mostly just remembering. So like the first one I saw on this list that I was like, oh my god. I was Space Camp. Uh-huh. I wanted yeah. to go to Space Camp. I don't know how you wouldn't want to go to Space yeah. Camp after seeing this movie. Uh, that's when I was like, there's a Space Camp. And, you know, I was all about NASA, as were I, I like to think all of us then. So it's not, that's not my pick. But yeah. I did want to give it a I shot. I got invited out. to Space Camp. You, of Couldn't course go. you did. Couldn't go. Of course. Couldn't afford oh, it. That's it so was not a free ride. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, yeah, no. No, I it did. was expensive. Yeah, like my parents. I think this movie was like the marketing for that laughed program. laughed off my, my dream of space camp. Yeah. Like kind of openly and mockingly. <laughs> no, they didn't. They, were, they just didn't talk about it at all with me. <laughs> but uh, I digress. So another movie that was so terrible that... Um, I actually had to leave and go to the bathroom during it was Howard the Duck. What? I remember thinking when I was 11, what is this? What the hell is this? But I loved Leah Thompson. You know, so yeah. anything Leah Thompson was in, I was I was there for. So I did see it. Um, I didn't really think Howard the Duck was that terrible. I did just happen to be sick during it. but okay. So that will always be tied with that <laughs> in my mind. And then uh, the last um, honorable mention I wanted to shout out is now, I can't find it on this list, but I bet I loved Oh, yeah. One Crazy Summer. Right. Watched it so many times. Yeah. Loved it. Fantastic. Bobcat, fun Goldway, movie. John, John Cusack. However, my winner and the movie that... Uh, I know that you guys are going to be like, we wouldn't have picked that anyway. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) (laughs) Great choice. Because it was so good. Uh, Absolutely loved it. Probably realistically Um, one of the top three of this list. Love the Cubs. And and also the movie happened to be pretty good. So 
it's got one of my most quoted lines. Uh, what's the score? Zero to zero is winning the Bears. Love it. Love love Ferris Bueller. Love yeah, there's nothing wrong with that there's movie. Nothing. The uh, the guy that played Ed Rooney, the bad the the principal, he was in Howard the Duck. He, yes, let's talk about Howard the Duck because yeah. it had Tim Robbins, yeah, Leah no, Thompson. It, was, it had yeah, it was actually not a bad movie at all. No, it was I a just, terrible movie. It was, <laughs> no, no, it was a I bad mean, movie. Like, it just compared to Jeffrey look at this list. Look <laughs> yeah. at this list, and then tell me that I mean Howard the Duck is <laughs> definitely not in the the lower even third of this no. list to me. It was bad, but I was 11. You know, like I had just turned 11, I think. Yeah, it was like the summer or the weekend after my birthday. I remember yeah. this too, because I was supposed to be having fun, and then I ended up sick. Um, so I, I, it was, you know, right up right up the 11-year-old um, crowd's alley, but um, not my favorite, no. And I haven't seen it since. <laughs> so I well, you know, there's a reason for that. About it. Very fun. Yeah. All right. So I had 8% of the vote last time, so I get the second pick. And there are a few that I'll talk about as well without making my pick. And I'll leave a few of them for others to talk about because I think some of what I don't take will be discussed. Um, also, in the summer of 86, we had a few you – know, we had – like I said, it's summer that we, Hollywood just kind of got a little bit weird, uh, including starting with Labyrinth, uh, mm-hmm. kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise, Tim Curry, uh, just kind of an odd flick. But I know it's a cult classic. A lot of folks love it. The Karate Kid 2 came out in 86, which yeah. is, you know, hot take. It. It is it. A, it's the better Karate Kid movie. It's mm-hmm. better than the first film, um, I think, I which think not so everybody too. will agree with, I know. Running Scared was in 1986. That was a lot of fun. Again, another Chicago set flick with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. A lot of fun. Ruthless People was in 86. Yeah, I love that too. Um, Let's see. What else we had in 86? Maximum Overdrive was in 86. Again, Hollywood just (laughs) kind of just didn't, I don't know. They just didn't care that year. People can't tell you a lot about that movie, but they always remember the Oh, yeah, uh, the Green Green Goblin on the... Oh, yeah. Flight of the Navigator, another space set sci-fi kind of thing going on. My brother's favorite movie. He loves that movie. Armed and Dangerous uh, is a great... Yeah, that was one I'd forgotten about, too. Uh, Transformers, the movie. I know scarred a lot of folks. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Which is why we have Prime Day now, to celebrate the sacrifice (laughs) of Jesus Prime. Uh, so I'm glad Amazon <laughs> rectified that for us. Uh, the Fly. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Uh, the well, Fly was just another odd choice in the summer of 1986. <laughs> Aliens is possibly the odds-on favorite to win the summer of 86. Um, Aliens is just a strong entry. It's, you know. But I'm not taking it. Oh, I'm that's going a to surprise. go. I'm going to vote with my favorite from the summer of '86. So I am going to take "Stand by Me." I knew it. Nice with uh, Will Wheaton and Corey Feldman, River Phoenix, Jerry O'Connell, Kiefer Sutherland. It's just a strong dead body. Yeah, a dead body. <laughs> a, a plastic <laughs> corpse. Uh, just a strong movie all around. Uh, being a Stephen King fan, it doesn't feel like a Stephen King movie, but a few of his best works aren't his most typical works or most yeah. you know, most like what he would normally put out. Um, Rob Reiner did a great job with this. Uh, Richard Dreyfus doing the narration throughout. I mean, there's 
it's a movie that yeah there's just there's just nothing wrong with any part of that movie um, yeah. i think so that is going to be my choice for the summer of 1986 i'm getting good at predicting what you're gonna pick no you ought to be so that leaves us with Kitty and David, who tied for the top spot last week. They both have something moving on into the next week's uh, mid-80s final. So either one of you, Kenny, you said you wanted to defer and let yeah, David go ahead Yeah, because I know he pick. won't pick what I'm going to okay. pick. All right. So any thoughts on any of these? And then let us know your pick. I pick Aliens. All uh, right. <laughs> so I'm so happy he said that you weren't going to yeah, pick Aliens. Because, yeah, I it. absolutely love that movie. Yep. I think it's the best one on the list. Uh if I were going to like pick something else, it would be like a Big Trouble in Little China, uh, maybe Armed and Dangerous, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Those are all very entertaining movies. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm worried about just because that would be the other big movie right. that I would pick that I think has a great shot. Back to School, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, super I was. Funny. I thought that came out earlier. That one no, really surprised yeah. me. I was yeah. like, is there another Back to School movie? No. It's got Artie J nope. in it too. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Aliens is just uh, going from a straight-up horror film in Alien to James Cameron's involvement and turning it into a really awesome action film. Yep. Uh, Probably my favorite of the series, quite frankly. Yeah. So, yeah. James Cameron, anything he he understands how to entertain, and he's he he's did in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, I would yes, <laughs> I would agree with that. I don't think he lost it. Uh, uh, I I feel like people are more critical of his films because they're not brilliant, but I never said they were brilliant. I right. think they are entertaining. incredibly entertaining. <laughs> right. Okay. True think, Lies. That movie's yep, awesome. That is. That's probably the last time he had made a yeah, good movie. Yeah, I was going to say, Titanic. give him 92 or whatever year that yes. was. Titanic, brilliant movie. Avatar, well, incredibly entertaining at well, least on first watch. Well. Really hoping Kenny picks Choke Canyon. Not going <laughs> to I was thinking Cobra because, you know, Stallone was at his peak hey, then. Don't yeah, laugh. I've heard I of Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kenny, the summer of 1986, you have the last choice. You cannot have Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You cannot have Stand By Me. You cannot have Aliens. Leaves you some room to wiggle here. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, looking through the list, those were the three I knew would get picked because they're they appealed to each one of those appealed to a different kind of person's nostalgia, whether it's horror or you know just a good feel good or just a fun movie. So I knew those would be gone, but uh, for me, I will pick. You'll take Big Trouble in Little China. Yep, I yep. Know. Mm-hmm. good one. And that's again falls back to I've said a few times. When the wife and I got together, we had a handful of VHS tapes, and we wore that movie out. <laughs> and we, I, I love it to this day. I watch it anytime I come across it. Very good. So these are our choices. Let us know which of these four is your favorite. You can vote on Twitter or on Facebook. You just search for Backlot Pod on Twitter and Facebook and vote in this week's poll. The winner will be announced on next week's show, and we'll move on to compete against the winners from 1984 and our two winners from 1985 next week that's it that's what the poll is we'll be looking at 84 85 85 and 86 and deciding which of those should move on to represent the mid 80s we'll do 87 88 89 coming up we'll get a late 80s winner and then the champions from the mid the early and the late 80s will all go head to head at the end of the summer it's gonna be a lot of fun stick with us for that Give us your thoughts on anything that we've talked about. What are you going to see this weekend? What did you think of it? Let us know what you thought of The Lion King. 
What is your pick for the best summer movie of 1986? What did we drop the ball on and leave off the list that should be there? If we use your comments, we'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming episode. Again, you can find us on social media. Just search for Backlot Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The poll is only on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, or you can call and leave us your thoughts on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We would love to include your recorded comments in next week's episode like we did with Tom today. Be sure to follow the Alamo Draft House online on social media. Just search for at Alamo Spring. <laughs> oh, I, I could have had you on that one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get it. On Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, you can download the Alamo Draft House app. Just search for Alamo Draft House in your mobile devices app store. You can buy your tickets right through that Alamo Draft House app. Or you can visit the Alamo Draft House online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield. You can find Kenny and I weekends on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Season 2 starts Labor Day weekend. You can actually catch bonus San Diego Comic-Con episodes all this weekend long. Just follow us online by searching for at PGTC. That stands for Pop Goes the Culture. At PGTC Podcast on social media and at popgoesthaculture.com. Anything else before we wrap this one up? No, I, th- I think we said it all. I think we I left think it we all did. on the floor. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up then. I have been Joey Mills with ComingSoon.net. And again, unsunburned Alamo Jim. <laughs> Still sunburned. David with the Alamo Draft House. Just a little old me kid up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So be sure to vote again for your favorite movie from the summer of 1986 and come see a movie this weekend at the Alamo Draft House. We will talk to you later. See later. You. later. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.